Is your dentist any good? How do you choose a dentist if you don't already have one? What elements or factors do you take into consideration? Is it just the price? How nice the surgery is? Or how good the free Wi-Fi is? Or do you just go by the one that's nearest to you, like your local, or the one that's recommended by your insurance company, or by your mum or something? Today, I'm chatting with Rebecca Van Sutphen and Dr. Heath Fraser from AirSmile. They've created a solution to help Australians find helpful information and compare dental providers, all from the convenience of a nifty little smartphone app. Alrighty, Team Health Tech, let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today are two passionate dental experts, Rebecca Van Sutphen and Dr. Heath Fraser from AirSmile. AirSmile helps people feel more in control when it comes to finding the best dental care that suits their budget and treatment needs. AirSmile is looking to facilitate a change in the way Australians do dental to improve health and well-being of our nation and instill greater trust and understanding between patients and dentists. Hey guys, how are you going? Hey Pete, how are you? Good Pete, how are you mate? Really good. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for both coming in. It's always good to have more than uh, one other person to have a, a full conversation and bounce ideas and generally get confused amongst each other on who's talking. So, so thanks for making this. No worries at all. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And really keen to get to know a bit more about the dental space and what you guys do and where you operate in it, but also just in terms of the technology that surrounds it and just the why on why you're around. So first I might get you guys to introduce yourselves. Uh, we might maybe we'll start with you, Beck. Yeah, well, for me, actually, I'm celebrating 20 years in the dental industry this weekend, actually. So wow. right out of right out of high school, I began working as a steri nurse and, you know, worked my way up. And so I've been a practice manager working with Heath for the last 10 years. And I'm just super passionate about mostly all things about the dental, like the business side of it. Obviously, patient care and everything sort of factors into that. But a big part of my role is just making sure that, you know, the dental team's functioning well, all the business side of things is streamlined and we're being uber successful. So I just love that. And it's been great because I've been able to sort of bring all that into AirSmile and what we've got going on now. So And Heath? Uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm a, I'm a dentist. I've been a dentist for 16 years, but, you know, you add kind of uni in there. I'm pretty similar to Bex there. It's been 20 years now in the industry. I don't feel that old, but that sounds super old. But yeah, I, I, so I started a practice and Bex was actually the first person I ever employed, which was, was great. No, no regrets, Bex. Fine. Um, <laughs> But yes, yeah, so I started the practice uh, in 2011 and I was very lucky that it thrived and, you know, Bex was a big part of that. And, you know, it was great to be able to start something from the ground up, which was really focused on patient care. But the thing that really kind of was cool is what I found along the way is a big thing that was I was really passionate about was actually developing a team which also delivers that care as well, which is great. So yeah, Bex and I, you know, we met 10 years ago. We've got this beautiful working relationship now. She's passionate about very similar things to me. We challenge each other so much. And that's why I think the practice is as successful as it is today. And, you know, we're finding that same success now with AirSmile as we get this going. Yeah, excellent. Keen to learn a bit more about AirSmile then. Beck, tell us how it works. What is it? Yeah, so based off all that experience and time working together, we obviously saw a lot of barriers that not only our patients, but just the wider Australian community face on a day-to-day basis. So we wanted to really find a convenient solution for patients to be able to manage their own dental care. 
So we built the platform. So it's a simple digital solution that basically is designed to hand back control to the patient so then they can take control and manage their own health confidence. So we like to know, you know, we all like to know what we're buying, who we're putting our trust and hard-earned money in the hands of. And we want to feel a sense of pride when we make our choices for our purchasing decisions. So AirSmile, we feel and we hope that, that it brings that freedom of choice and confidence to Australia. So I guess, you know, how does it work was the next question. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, tell us more. So the platform, you know, it, it is free for patients to download and use. So we have, you know, it is an app. It's on Android and Apple and we've made it online portal as well. Uh, we make our revenue from the AirSmile practice members when they join and receive a new patient booking from us. So once the patient's in, they begin to, you know, work their way through the, the patient, the user experience. They can book online routine dental appointments. They can request their previous dental records and store them within their profile. And it's really cool because we actually make those records available to our practice members when the patient makes an appointment, which can become a really huge cost saving for the patient and time, obviously, at the appointment, but also a really significant advantage to the dental team because they can use that previous dental history to prepare for the patient before they even arrive. So that's really revolutionary for our industry. So we're finding dentists are loving that. And basically the concept of the platform itself is to easily identify a practice that you feel really aligned with and connected with. Um, you can see what they're offering and just be confident that you're making the right decision for you. But probably the most revolutionary and you know exciting feature that we've been able to create is the ability for patients to better understand the cost associated with an already proposed treatment plan that they've received from another dentist. And so to explain that, I guess it's if you think of a time when you were given a quote from another service provider, say, you know, you were getting a kitchen built or you needed work done to your car, or in this case, you know, you need thousands of dollars worth of dental work. So you went there, you got the quote, but something just didn't feel quite right. So we find one of three things usually happens. So you ignore that feeling and you get the work done anyway, even though it didn't maybe feel quite right in your gut. Um, but afterwards, you might feel some sort of resentment. Um, you might not go back to that business and you probably won't refer them to your friends or family, which isn't good for anyone. The second thing that we usually see is people then start shopping around for, you know, a second or third quote, but that can become really time consuming for people and obviously quite expensive. And the third thing we see is people generally don't do anything. So they just head in the sand kind of scenario and they just wait for an emergency to happen, which quite often does. So this is obviously a, one of three paths that we see patients take on a daily basis within the industry. So the quote and compare feature allows patients to really like quickly scan and up or upload their dental quote that they've received from a dentist anywhere in Australia. And they can compare the total cost instantly against our dentist members. And then using the different filters and sort features, they can begin to hone in on a practice that's really suited for them. And then they can book or save their favorite practice and start to really manage their oral health care in that way. Yeah, cool. And so just back to the point around the sharing of the records through AirSmile, and forgive me because my focus has been mainly on, I guess, medical healthcare side of things. And we talk so much around my health record. This is a question totally off schedule, by the way, but how does it work in dental? Is there a shared dental thing that's provided, you know, by the government? And yeah, like, how does this all link in with it? Or is that just a big gaping hole that exists within the industry? Yeah, it's definitely like a gaping hole, basically. So it's not a well-known thing in, within the industry that patients can access their own dental records. So people are somewhat familiar with the fact that you can send your records over to another dentist and, you know, you have to fill out a form and give your permission for that to take place. But it's kind of like this really odd scenario that it always has been where dentists are quite protective of those records and 
they somewhat make it difficult for patients to be able to own them themselves. And so we've seen this frustration from patients. And so within the app, you can request your records. We've created a little PDF that you can use, just fill out a couple of details. You send that off to the practice, they email you your records, and then you can upload it into the platform. Yeah, cool. Oh, excellent. Sorry, Pete, can I just say as well, I mean, the big thing with this too is, you know, I see this, you know, in my practice all the time is, you know, we get people in for a second opinion, you know, they've just been to the dentist down the road or they've just moved, something like that has happened and they come in and they know they've got x-rays done. They've just had them recently, but they want to know or they want to know what's going on. So in the end, it ends up more costs and more radiation, you know, not that there's a lot going on, but it's like, it's unnecessary radiographs being done for that. And it's, it does surprise me that it's actually not something that's more central and it's a lot easier. And because, I mean, if we rely on patients to be able to be proactive about that, it kind of, it just doesn't happen. So we're really excited about this part of the application. No, excellent. It sounds like it solves a problem definitely for patients. And how do you deal with the, um, within healthcare, any type of healthcare? I feel like sometimes if we enable patients more and more, it's usually because there's been a barrier that exists sometimes because of the providers of the healthcare kind of being protective of something or just the way the system works. And so sometimes getting a solution up that is really beneficial to patients can be really hard to accept for the clinicians, for the providers of services. So I guess when it comes to them, like what problem are you guys solving for the dental business owners, Heath? Um, on the records, you mean, or do you mean just generally the whole platform? Just generally anything on the whole platform. Look, I think, you know, from what Bex was saying there is the inverse of that is if you've got patients walking in, they're skeptical, you know, they may, even though they might be getting good value, they feel like they're being ripped off. They're not understanding that cost or what's around being able to provide quality care. And then there's that whole sticker shock as well. You know, someone comes in, then all of a sudden they've got, whoa, hang on, I need all this amount of work done. They walk out the door, they don't get it done. From a business point of view, it doesn't make sense. You know, they spend an hour of consultation to go through that and they have what we've seen from our data is like over 50% of work that's diagnosed goes out the door, it doesn't come back. But from a dentist, just like on an emotional level for me, you know, like I'm an emotional guy, I don't like working on people who have that skepticism or that mistrust there as well. And so I have a much better day if I'm treating someone who trusts me and thinks I'm doing a good job and they're kind of, they're happy with who they've chosen. So I think... It's not just about getting more business in the door. It's knowing that who you're treating wants to be treated and you feel a lot better about your day. Yeah. And generally, providers of healthcare will lean more towards that type of emotional sentiment as well and certainly align with what you've said there too. So I can certainly picture a lot of dentists that would feel similar to you there. Are there any real, real world examples? Like how far along are you with AirSmile and like what's been the response, especially if you're doing comparisons or reviews or price comparisons and all of that through an app? I'm really interested to understand how the industry has responded. Has there been any pushback or feedback from the dentist, Heath? We've spoken to a lot of dentists and for me, you know, going into this, I know how dentists are, I know how generally humans are, we hate change, you know, and it maybe comes across as something that's quite threatening. So I expected a lot of pushback, but I've been really, really surprised that people, I think they go back, you know, why did they become a dentist? Why did they open a practice? In the end, they want to do what's right for the patient. And if a patient is choosing this platform, if this is what's best for them, then inevitably you can't fight this totally. It's a good thing for patients. It, it should be a good thing for the industry. But in entity question, there has been some pushback, but it's been a lot better than what I thought. Yeah, and it'll probably then help you focus on who those big advocates are for the platform and those that are aligned with your way of thinking and that ethos, which I think is more healthier for the industry over a longer period of time and that patient centricity. I think that's, that's probably a good thing for you in working out who those key reference people are. So that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. 
Help me understand a bit more about the dental landscape generally in Australia. I could tell you all day about the general practice and you know other kind of medical side of things, but really keen to learn more around dental and how you'd describe the dental landscape in Australia today, Heath. It's funny, you know, if you had have asked me a year ago, I would say super competitive, new practices opening up, struggling to get patients in the door. It was tough, especially in metropolitan areas, like it's a very competitive landscape, but it's funny now, post-COVID, there's been this, despite all this scaring around, you know, the end of the world in terms of the industry, you know, like people aren't going to get work done. It's been quite the opposite. We found generally within the industry and certainly in my practice as well, that the number of new patients coming in and the number of people accepting dental work has been way, way, way higher than what we've noticed pre-COVID. What this actually means, you know, in six months time, in 12 months time, is this just due to you know, economic stimulus from the government or people being maybe more health conscious due to COVID. I'm not sure. I don't think anyone knows. So, Yeah, no, probably because they've seen their teeth on so many Zoom calls, they've probably decided they need to uh, <laughs> yeah. do something about it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me about access to care as well. Generally in Australia, how good is access to dental care in the country? So there's, you know, a lot of people talk about access, like physical access, you know, in remote areas is really tough, you know, and there's a disproportionate sort of number of dentists in metropolitan areas than there are in those remote areas. But, you know, we're very lucky in Australia. We've got a reasonably good public healthcare system. But what we're finding is the actual barrier is probably more of like the mentality of around oral health. And is it important? You know, it's usually if there's no pain, there's no problem. So what we're seeing is one in four kids have got active disease and they're not getting it treated or their parents are choosing not to get it treated or they're unaware of it. However, there are these great campaigns uh, or great programs within Australia where that treatment can be done for free in a public setting. So I think there's a huge awareness campaign that needs to be pushed. You know, we hope that we're indirectly part of that, but also I think there's a lot of campaigning needed to improve that sort of message from you know, within the public sector as well. Yeah, I think for us, access to care just means something a bit broader than, you know, that term, as he said, very much thrown around within the industry and within healthcare in general. But for us, you know, we're trying to create this platform that the average nine to five worker is still struggling with this access to care. And to us, that sort of doesn't necessarily mean a financial barrier, but it could mean fear or anxiety of not even just the fear of a needle or the drill or smell, but it could also be just not knowing what to expect. Like, how much is this going to cost when I roll in there? Or what sort of reviews is this guy getting? You know, it's, there's so many unknown factors that are sort of hidden from patients somewhat. And so AirSmile is just there basically to give that access to information, which then makes them be able to choose what type of care they want to get. Thinking around the awareness piece, more from a marketing and I guess commercializing perspective, because I know a lot within the community, we've got health tech providers, those creating technology solutions for healthcare that are focused on the end user being a patient. And I know you've got both the provider and the patient involved. How do you go about building something from scratch to then get that awareness that you need out to the general public to end up using your platform? What's your marketing strategy to get that kind of message out to a broader scale? We've kind of had a lot of meetings with different people because we know what we want to deliver. However, there seems to be, it's almost like there's these two competing sort of people like, you know, patient wants the absolute best care at the lowest price and the dentist wants to ensure that their practice is profitable and they're delivering the care that kind of they think is best. So I think it's tough and it's the balance has been more around being able to provide choice and transparency, not around lowest cost or highest service. 
So yeah, it's been tough. We're still trying to work it out. Maybe on our next episode that we come on to, Pete, I can give you some more info. We can do a where are they now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, that'd be good. And just around the cost side of things, Beck, just to focus on that a bit more, do you find that that's the main focus for patients is just looking to find the cheapest dentist or is it there more than just the price comparison going on from a patient's perspective? Yeah, it's so funny because when we talk to, you know, patients and dentists about AirSmile and what it's about, they instantly go, oh, so it's a price comparison platform and I'm just, anyone that goes on there is just looking for the lowest price. And that's who they're going to go with. And we just have such a strong belief that that's not necessarily the case. You know, I think the question is, why do people want to find the cheapest dentist? And are they actually signing up to AirSmile to do that? You know, we don't feel like everyone shopping around for a new dentist is there just chasing the cheapest, low-cost budget dental. Society, I think now more than ever, kind of respects and understands that you get what you pay for. And I think knowing that gives a huge amount of power and control to the decision-making process for patients. But as Heath mentioned earlier, that ability to sort through that information and make an independent and clear choice on your dental provider and the services that you want to get just isn't there yet. So our role in hosting this particular platform for dental is not to assume that people will make a certain choice for their health or judge the decision that they do make or why. You know, our mission and purpose is to provide a trustworthy, a reliable platform that offers full transparency, not only the cost of receiving the care, but also the earned reputation of that particular practice, because 65% of Australians use that information to make their decision on who they go with. And then also information around how the business has chosen to operate. There's preferred provider practices out there. A lot of people have health insurance. They don't even understand what that means or how that can impact on their costs. And then they don't understand what it means if a practice chooses not to take part in that. So these are all important factors, you know, that we want to really try and shine a light on so that patients can make that decision and start educating them that when they make the choice, maybe the most expensive dentist isn't always providing the best quality, but maybe the cheapest dentist also isn't going to save you the most money in the long run. Yeah, and you're undertaking a, um, it's a big mission to undertake to try and find a better way for patients to take control of their information and get a better understanding on how to manage their oral care. What other kind of challenges have you faced in undertaking that rather big mission that you have? (laughs) Well, you know, we've already spoken about dentists and old dogs, I guess. So it is hard to try and get dentists on board. So that's definitely been our most challenging part, I guess. We're sort of rolling this out. And until we get a wide variety of practices on offering all of those different services at different costs, patients, our users won't have sort of that flexibility or that option, that wide option to choose from. So that's definitely our first challenge is getting a wide variety. Secondly, helping guide patients through that really overwhelming maze of dental health codes and insurances and People don't even know what a treatment plan is or a quote. You know, we use that term so flippantly in our own industry, but people don't even know what we're talking about. So, you know, a lot of education and support around educating people on that is really important and super challenging. And then just getting that message out there that cost is not the only factor that you should be considering. And so that's going to come down to our marketing. And so, yeah, cool. There's plenty to overcome, but I think with those things, at least understanding them and taking them step by step, it sounds like we've got the right approach. And then Heath, I'm keen to understand a bit more from your perspective, what you see the vision is for dentistry more broadly from an industry perspective. What is that going to look like over the next couple of years? I think it's really interesting, especially like after COVID, you know, as I was saying before, things have changed a lot, but I still feel like there's going to be this bigger shift towards catering to a consumer rather than a patient. I feel privileged that I'm part of this shift towards dentistry to be more focused around the patient and what they want 
years ago, it used to be this really kind of traditional doctor patient relationship where it's really prescriptive. It's like, this is what you need and that's it. And you get it done. And in most cases, the patient was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get it done. And they kind of didn't even know what was happening. It's going to be interesting seeing that shift and how the industry reacts to it. And because consumers are going to be pushing and pushing, it's like, hey, I have this in every other service that I engage. And this is now what I expect within dentistry. And I think we're slowly getting there. The other thing that we're going to see is perhaps health funds starting to make a little bit more of an impact into the market. You know, we're starting to see health fund branded practices, or there's been preferred providers for a while, but they're starting to try to vertically integrate within the industry. So it'll be interesting how that goes over the next three to five years. And the other thing too, is there's some really cool tech out there at the moment too, a lot of AI stuff and machine learning that's going to really, you know, I think will help us as well. It's making the patient more in control and take more ownership of what they want and what they feel is best to them. Where do the health funds fit in with you guys? Because they're such an important part of the life cycle for patients in choosing their dentists and and the work they get done. Do they have a piece in your strategy here or is it still early days? Well, yeah, I mean, we want this to be a true marketplace. So if there is an element that we can put in that's going to help a patient make a choice that's totally independent, then we add it. And so we've added that. We've put health funds in there. We've put every single health fund that's in the Australian market, if they have a preferred provider scheme, we've put that in there. So patients can choose that. If that's what they want, they put it in and that's what will come up. We don't want this biased platform where we're going, we're saying, hey, you should go to this particular health fund or you shouldn't go to any health fund, you know, aligned practice at all. You know, my practice isn't aligned with a health fund and that's my choice, but that is not necessarily the choice I think I should be making for my patients. It's just about being independent, you know, and allowing the patient to input all that, what they think is best. And do you have any advice for any budding young dentists or dentistry students or washed up tech people who want to become dentists? (laughs) Is that you, Pete? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking sure for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for the students out there, so those that are already in the industry, I think choosing your first practice really well is so critical. Like having that supportive environment around you in those first challenging years, it really, really shapes typically what the rest of your career is going to be. And you're in this small room and you're kind of right in a patient's face and, you know, you've got someone there right next to you. It's a stressful environment. And if you haven't got the right environment for you, it's going to impact on your career. But at the same time... So one with a good practice manager then? That's right. Yes. That's what I mean, <laughs> Becky. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I didn't mean to say that as a scary thing. It's an amazing and it's a rewarding profession. It's a long road and, you know, I look back now and think they were some of the best years was actually getting there. You know, you sort of, well, I guess what I'd say is enjoy that journey while you're there at dental school. It's awesome. I would go back in a second and go through all those years again. It was such a great time for me. The other thing I would say too is my first boss, he said this to me, he's like, you can be the best dentist in the world, but if there's no patient sitting in the chair to actually do it on, then what's the point? So what he was trying to say is that you really need to focus on your patient's needs and your communication to make sure that they're happy. Because in the end, technically, they probably don't really care too much as to as long as it works and they're not sore, the rest is more up to the dentist. So it's good advice. I think that patient-centric approach applies to any area of healthcare and that's very valuable advice. Lastly, Beck, what's on the horizon for AirSmile? What can we look forward to from you guys this year and beyond? Oh, it's going to be 
going to be massive. So we're just sort of starting to come out of our pilot phase now in Brisbane and we'll have version two. So we've sort of just been developing the application and the patient portal at this point. So within the next month or two, we'll have version two out. So there'll be more better user experience, more practice details and solutions for patients. We'll be hopefully onboarding new dentists like crazy. So we've got a, you know, an amazing sales team coming on board, ready to welcome new patients. So we're really looking forward to getting the AirSmile brand out there and hearing feedback from patients and dentists, you know, throughout Australia as that sort of progresses and starts to grow. And then we've been networking like crazy. So we're in some really amazing deep discussions at the moment with some strong supporters of AirSmile. And so we're hoping that we'll see a more streamlined service for both patients and practices once we finalise those partnerships and develop the digital aspects around those business opportunities. So I guess our hope is by the end of the year, we'll be, AirSmile will be a household name. Yeah. Well, let's make it happen. We'll look. I'll make sure that there's plenty of information in the show notes of this episode and on the website for people to check out AirSmile and the things you guys do and learn more and connect if they want to learn more or want to connect you with someone else who might be able to help with that journey. I can certainly appreciate where you guys are coming from as well, particularly looking at even from talking health tech's perspective, we've got the directory online. We're building that concept of making information available and an element of transparency and, and the ability for people to connect and learn more about what's available to then make choice. So yeah, I think that it's the right way to go about things, but it doesn't come without its challenges. So I do wish you all the best with that. And let's keep in touch with the community. And thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Pete. Pleasure. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.